Welcome to the weekly podcast from Harvest Ridge Church in North Ridgeville, Ohio. Our heart's desire is that you would grow in your love and devotion to Jesus Christ and that these messages will strengthen your daily walk. For more information about our church, visit us on the web at www.harvestridge.net. Praise God. I'm excited to be here this morning to share what God has put in my heart. And I pray that what I share this morning is a blessing to you also. Because one of the things I believe is that what God brings us through and when we, when we come through something, it is a blessing not just for us, but it's also for someone who's probably going through the very same thing. How many agree with that this morning? Amen. And so what Jesse, Pastor Jesse just went through, let that be a blessing to you to never make fun of Ohio State. Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> Amen. Praise the Lord. Receive that. Run with that. Share the world. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. I want to read a verse with you this morning. If you, I want you, so what I want to do today is I want you to come with me on a path that I went through several years ago. And hopefully, like I said, this could be a blessing to you and tell you what God has done through my life and what, what am I doing now with, with uh, what I went through. So I have a small verse. You can open your Bibles real quickly. Psalms 4610. We're going to show it on the screen, too. And I like the Amplified version. I'm going to read this and I'm going to pray. We're going to go right into it. And it says here in Psalms 4610, it says, Be still and know, recognize, understand that I am God, and I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Amen. So, Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you for your grace and your mercy, God. Allow me just to be a mouthpiece this morning to speak your word to those who are in need. And, hope, and I pray, Lord, that, I, that you would just bless them today, God. I step out of the way, Holy Spirit, and you take over. Lord, in Jesus' name we pray and we all say amen. 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 Praise the Lord. It was, I'm going to go with you and come with me in a path here. It was three years ago, November 16th on 2019. It was a day I would never forget. It's a day that always be etched in my mind and my heart, probably for, for I don't know how many years from now. But it was, it was a Saturday, just like any regular Saturday. I got up that day. I was making breakfast for my family like I usually do. Uh, leading up to that day was very, was very weird for me because up to that very day, I began to feel flutters in my chest and things were just like this. this my heart was, was racing throughout that week, but yet it would go up and it would go down. But come that Saturday... The, I woke up in that morning and my chest was just kept pounding and, all, all, and, and it wouldn't go away like it usually would do. You know, in the, I go drink something with seltzer, carbonated drink, and hopefully, you know, that would bring it all out. Nope, it wasn't that. And, I, and it just kept on pounding throughout the morning. And as the day went on, the pounding got even harder and harder and harder. And I, and I told my wife, I was like, you know, I'm, by the end of the evening, I said to my wife, listen, this is not going away. I'm, I don't know why this pounding doesn't seem to go away. And I feel like I'm having a heart attack. And my wife goes, well, let's go, let's go to the hospital and make sure, you know, because we want to make sure everything's all right. Because she's been telling me, you know, already to, I needed to get a checkup anyways. So here I was on my way to the hospital to get checked out. Uh, and so it was already evening, but I did tell my wife, I said, listen, before we go anywhere, I just want to make sure we do one thing before we go to the hospital. And she said, what do you want to do? And I said, let's make sure we have some dinner because I am hungry. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> my priorities are right in order. <laughs> so <laughs> we ordered takeout. <laughs> I was dead serious. I was hungry. I wasn't lying. <laughs> we ordered takeout, and I, I, I rushed. I ate my food because my heart was just racing. I ate my food very quickly. I didn't really enjoy it. 
And so we made our, we, we made our way to the hospital and we got there. And I remember we, when I got in, they, they asked us what was wrong. And I told them, I feel like I'm, my shortness of breath, I can't breathe. My heart is racing. I don't know what's going on. So they, when, you have, when you say those things, they quickly take you to the back and they start to put all these machines on you. They begin to run these tests, making sure you're not having a heart attack, making sure nothing is wrong with you. And they, they begin to put all these machines on me and all these plugs on me and telling me what they're doing and what they're going to be checking out. And, and they began, they wanted to do some x-rays too and, and, and things like that. And I remember laying there in that bed. In my mind, I began to think, Lord, if this is a heart attack, I don't, this is weird because I've never thought I would ever have one like this. I remember my father had one uh, years ago uh, and, and I sat there in, in the bed and I said, Lord, this is a heart attack. And I remember the Lord spoke to me very softly, very quietly. Amen. I love when God speaks to you very quietly, very softly. And he said to me, he says, Israel, this is not a heart attack. He says, what you're having, now, what you're having right now, you're having a full-blown anxiety attack. And for some, and I say this, and I say this because I, I want you to understand, for some people, that's just a regular Monday or Tuesday, okay? But for me, that was not a regular Monday or Tuesday. For me, that was something very different. For me, from that moment on, I want to tell you, please believe me when I say this, from that very moment on, my life was never the same. Yeah. I didn't think the same. I didn't see things the same. I didn't feel the way I felt about certain things anymore. Everything was different from that moment on. We got home that night. I went straight. To, we got home very late that night. I went straight to bed. The next day was Sunday. I didn't even want to go to church. I stayed home. And, and I remember for many weeks after that, my wife can testify this. I cried every single day. Tears would run down my eyes. I would cry. And now understanding why I was feeling this fear, anxiety entered in like they were having a party in my life from that moment on. I was scared of every, I couldn't be in a crowded place. I, in a place like this, I couldn't even be here for five minutes. I would walk into, I would walk into buildings and were full of people and I would sit there and, 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 I would, and I would see how they were laughing. They were enjoying each other. They were having fun. And I would say to myself, they have no idea what I'm going through. This, this laughter, this is not real. This is not reality. This is fake. They have no idea what I'm feeling. What I was doing was making it all about myself. I was making it all about myself. And the days would go by, and, and again, crying. I would cry every day, wake up every day. There would be days, and I'm, I'm going to be very honest with you, and I didn't say this in the first service, but it, there was days that would come by that I did not want to wake up. I don't ask God, just take my life, God. I, I, I had suicidal thoughts, and I, and I shared that this morning because I'm not ashamed to share that because I know there are many people here who had the very same thoughts that I have also, who don't want to wake up the next day, who don't want to go through the next day. But, I wanna, but I'm going to tell you throughout this message what God did in my life and why I'm standing here today and why I can, I'm able to share this with you and what God has done in my life and how good God is. And so I, I, we stayed home, and, and, and from that moment on, it's what I call what God began to do, a process in my life. And he said, and, I, and as I began to cry to God, I remember my wife went shopping in a store, and I stayed in the car, and while I was all alone in the car, I, I would cry. I would yell to God in the car, asking God, why am I going through this? Why am I feeling this? And tears would run down my eyes, and I would make sure. And then when she got back to the car, I would wipe my face because I didn't want her to know I was crying again. I didn't want her to know what I was feeling constantly, but, it, but I had no choice but to pour myself to my wife because I had no one else to go to. And I would go to my friends. I would go to my friends. I would call pastors. I would call leaders. And I would call people that was on my phone book, people that helped me throughout my life. And I remember God told me one day, he said, stop calling them. He says, you keep calling people, but you're not calling on me. You keep calling out to all these people. Do you want to, you want get this, a prophetic word from them, but I'm giving you the prophetic now. 
Don't miss out what I'm trying to show you. He's like, so come to me. And so my thoughts were filled with fear and doubt. The what ifs, how many know what I'm talking about? Begin to swirl in my mind. I never felt, I never felt fear like this strong in my life, never. I was born and raised in church. I'm a PK, working in ministries for many years. And I said to myself, why, why is this happening? I don't understand. I've brought people, I've, I've led people to Christ. I've preached many messages. I used to be an interim pastor at a church. And here I am now dealing with this now? I don't understand any of this. And God began to tell me this. This is what he told me. Because I said, God, why, why, why is this happening? Why do I feel so lost? Why do I feel like I'm all alone? Why do I feel like I'm going to a dark place in my life? I mean, I want to talk about when I say dark place. I went, I went to a dark place and I would cry to God and he answered me very quietly. Once again, very quietly, he just answered me. And he says, Israel, because I am stripping you of you. He says, I'm stripping you of you. Here's what stripping means. This is to deprive of covering, to deprive or divest, clear out or empty, to take away or to remove. God says, I'm stripping you of your pride. I'm stripping you of control. I'm stripping you of all your defense mechanisms you think you need in your life. Because one of the things I learned is that I built up defense mechanisms in my life to protect myself from never being hurt again. How many know what I'm talking about? And I remember, and through, and through this process, through this process, God had led me to a Christian counselor. Yes, I said Christian counselor. Because us pastors need to, need to see people too, Amen. And I went through Christian counselor. We had many sessions. And one of the things she began to show me was she went all the way back to my kindergarten is in my childhood. And some of the things that I dealt with as a child that I never course corrected, I allowed to happen. And when I became an adult, I, be, I built up defense mechanisms because I never corrected that as a child. But how was I supposed to? I was a kid. I didn't know. My parents didn't know either. And that's why I'm very, very passionate and compassionate towards people who, who deal with mental health. Come on, believe me here. Because this is something that's not very talked about very much in church. But I want you to know this is something God is very aware of. And God wants to help us through this. How many believe that today? And so God says, I'm stripping you of you. He says, you will know what it truly means to trust me. And this, and this is what he told me. This will be a process. Why did he say this will be a process? Because I'm a person who likes things to happen overnight. I want to wake up tomorrow and everything be Okay. And God says, that's not how we're going to do it. We're going to go one day at a time. We're going to take it one minute at a time. And you're going to, fight, and you're going to learn what it means to trust me. And, I'm take, and, I, and, and he told me, stop calling. And once again, he told me, stop calling everybody. I want this just to be you and me. And that's it. I want you to know my voice. I want you to know when I move, you know when I move. You know when I do something, you know it's me. He goes, I want you to, I want you to, we're going to work this one day at a time. And he says, I'm going to take this one layer at a time. There will be moments in your life, listen to me, church, that God will strip you of what you think you needed so that all you have is just him. How many of you are right in that very moment right now? Do you think you need something? Do you put yourself into something? You keep yourself busy with something? You get into something because you want to keep your mind busy, but God is saying, that's the very thing I'm trying to take away from you. Amen. We were just talking about phones back there, and it's amen. How many times is the first thing we pick up when we when wake up? It's the very phone because we think we need it. That's a different sermon for a different day. Amen. Why? Because, because where God is taking us, you and me, he's moving us to a place where we can never be the same person again. 
And one of the things I, want, I believe that when God is taking you from point A to point B, you can't be the same person when you get to point B. God will never let you be the same person. If you are the same person, you would never move to the next point in your life. So I ask, you, I ask yourself this question. Are you still in the same place you've been for many years? Is it because you've not allowed God to change you? Is it because it requires for you to be stripped for who you think what you need and who you are? Come on, church. This is, these are the questions we have to ask ourselves. And I, and I share this with you because that's the very thing God was doing with me. I thought I had it all together. I was a person who had to be 10 steps ahead of everything. I had to know everything. I had to know every single detail. I have to be in control of everything. Come on, who am I talking to here? I had to be in control of every situation. And the only way I felt peace was to make sure I was in control of everything. Now, I, this wasn't some dictatorship that I, that I told people what to do, but it was controlling situations. If my children had a problem, if my wife had a problem, I had to control it to make sure they felt better. So that way, at the end of the day, I had peace. That's what I was doing. Not knowing this. And then if I, if I messed up in something and I was corrected in that, I was one of the persons that you'd only had to correct me one time because it would never happen again. And what I was doing was setting myself up for destruction and for failure. Not even knowing this. This is what I was doing. This is the very thing God wanted to correct in my life. God will break you down and shake you up because he wants to do a new thing in your life. God reveals idols in our hearts that keep us from being able to draw near to him. This stripping process can be painful, but the outcome, it's a beautiful event. God will strip you and constantly break you and constantly move you into places that you aren't comfortable with because he wants you to know what it is to, to, to trust him and totally him. Why are we questioning God? Why are we complaining to God? I get it. I understand it. It is natural. It is something we do. I was there, and I'm, sometimes I'm still there complaining to God. But God, in his loving mercy, says, I'm just moving you from one place to another place. You got to trust me. I'm not going to give you every single thing you need to know. I'm not going to give you the details. I'm not going to share with you everything you need to know. I just need you to just enjoy my presence and trust me. Enjoy my presence and trust me. Here's what it says in Isaiah 43, 19. It says, listen carefully for I'm about to do a new thing. Now it spring forth. Will you not be aware of it? I will even put a road in the wilderness, rivers in the desert. Why do I say this first? Because what I'm saying is, is what God is saying is, is many times God does a new things in our lives and many of us are not even aware of it. We're expecting God to move in a big, this special way. It has to be these, these, these 4th of July fireworks. It has to be a prophetic work from the altar from some big preacher coming to you and giving you a big word. And many times God would speak to you, you just taking a shower. Yeah, that's right. Come on. Many times God would speak to you in very subtle ways. I've had to learn that during this process that I would take, I had to take mental breaks. That I would, at the end of my work day, I would shut everything down. I would put a, a chair in my garage. I would open the garage door and just watch nature and hear God's voice. He would say, and I, and I would speak to him. I was, and, in my, and I quiet, and I would say, God, I would, and I learned. I said, I would say, Father, and this is what he would say. Yes, my son. That's what he would say to me. And I would say, God, why am I going through this? And now I got the same answer every time. Because you still don't trust me. And so I, I began to learn, and, and, and even though that's not the words I wanted to hear, but what was going on was this, I began to understand and learn his voice, the sound of his voice, and know that it was him who was speaking to me constantly. Even if it was something I didn't want to hear, but I knew it was him, because that's his voice. Your kids will know your voice. Your children will know your voice. In the middle of them all, you, you, you call every single name your child has. They know they will stop and turn around and come back to you. Especially if you're Hispanic, you have about four middle names. 
<laughs> Come on. <laughs> uh, my parents didn't give me one. I always said he couldn't afford it, so they didn't give me one. So, But your children know your voice. Why do I say that? Because when God calls you, we should be able to know that it's him who is calling us, even when he has to, even when he has to correct us, when we don't want to be corrected. So I remember one day I was crying and complaining. Yes, complaining. I was complaining before the Lord, and I logged off from work one day, and I went up to my closet, and I laid on the floor, and I turned off all the lights, and I began to cry to God, and I began to complain to God. And it was about 20, 15, 20 minutes into my prayer, and I got done. And I wanted to hear what God had to say, and I was like, God, please speak to me. And this is what he said in his quiet voice. Once again, all he said was this, are you finished? <laughs> I was like, what? What? I'm not the only one, right? Come on, church. And I was like, what? What are you talking about? I just poured out. I mean, I gave you such a beautiful, you know, prayer. Here. And he was like, he's like, yeah, it was good. I mean, I can preach that. And God, and God was like, no. He goes, all you did was really complain. He's like, and this is what he told me. Very quietly, he says, get up, dust yourself off, and keep walking. It's all he said. I didn't get this outline. I didn't get this, this, this plan for the next five years of what he's going to do in my life. All he said was, get up, dust yourself off, and keep walking. Yes. And through, during that process, I remember there would be many days I would just lock myself in my room, turn off all the lights. I would go to bed. I'm, 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 I share this with you because I want to be as honest as possible. I, there would be days that, that I, I, wanted, I would go to bed at 7 o'clock in the evening. And I, and I would, because the only thing that gave me rest was sleep. Because my mind wasn't, wasn't in what was going on throughout the day. If I woke up in the morning, I would feel fear and anxiety. If, I, if, if throughout my day, I would feel it. If, I, if throughout the evening, I would feel it. And the only thing that gave me rest was sleep. Because there would be days I just wanted to get to sleep. And there would be days I didn't even want to wake up. Because that was the only time I felt peace throughout the night. And God began to show me little by little. He's like, Israel, I'm going I'm I'm to show you who I am through this process. And God began to show me how to be more disciplined in him. And, I'm, and, he's, and, he's, and this is what God began to show me. He's like, I want you to, here's what I want you to do. I want you to take one step. That's it. One step. I was like, God, what do you mean? He's like, I want you to take one step forward. And when you take that one step forward, I want you to take that step forward in faith, believing that I am with you. And so I did that. I took one step forward. And I said, God, what do I do now? He goes, take one more step. And so I take one step forward. God, what do I do now? Take one more step. And that's what it was day by day. That's what God did with me. Day by day, minute by minute. I couldn't think of three days ahead. I couldn't think of one day ahead. I could barely think 30 minutes ahead of me. I could only take it one step at a time. And I was like, God, and this is what I began to do. God, you're with me. God, you're with me. God, you love me. God, you never left me. You've never forsaken me. You never leave me. You're always with me. And I began to proclaim God's word. And here it is. I, 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 Again, growing up in church, reading God's word, studying and teaching, preaching and pastoring. And yet I felt like I was a new believer in Christ all over again. And God goes, and he began to show me verses, Bible verses, going simple Bible verses. Amen. Telling me that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. That I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. For I have not given you a spirit of fear, but of power and love and of a sound mind. And so little by little, I will quote those verses every day. I would get up and quote those verses. And, and God began to show me this. One thing that, that we should all know, but yet I forgot very easily, was this. He's like, I'm going to teach you how to be thankful. Gratitude. Gratitude. To thank me in every situation. 
to thank me. And here it was. I, I felt like I was learning something new. I was like, thank you, Jesus. Nothing happened. Thank you, Jesus. I wake up. Thank you, Jesus. Before my feet would hit the ground. Thank you, Jesus. Before I picked up my phone. Thank you, Jesus. Before I go and leave my house. Thank you, Jesus. I will go before I get to my job. Thank you, Jesus. Before I speak to anybody. Thank you, Jesus. And, I, and it's funny because now I'm going through my day today, three years later. And all I'm saying is thank you, Jesus. 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 And I've learned that. But that took time to learn because I had to learn what it meant to be alone. Get this, alone with God. Yes, sir. I had to be alone with God. And there would be times, my wife, thank God for my wife. She's such a loving wife and understanding wife. Because I would say to her, honey, I need to spend time with God. She was like, go. Go do what you need to do. And I would spend, I would spend my time with God. It wasn't long hours, but it would be minutes. I would just spend time with him and just talking to him. Just like I'm talking to you right now. Just talk to him. And then, I, and then when I was done talking to him, I had to learn how to shut up because now it's his turn to talk to me. Many of us are still talking and God's like, would you stop? I'm trying to talk to you. But you just keep on. See, taking one step at a time was an issue for me because here, here's why. Because I wanted to arrive there very quickly where he was taking me. I wanted to skip the whole process. I wanted to get to the other side and see great things of God and his blessings. And God began to show me that every step was a blessing. And there was something great he was showing me in that. Here's what he showed me. Being impatient equals destruction. Being impatient equals destruction. You can be, and I'm not talking about big things. I'm talking about even the very smallest things. I'm being impatient. You know what I'm talking about when you're at McDonald's and then 30 seconds later you're beeping the horn because they're not finished with your meal. Come on. And, you, and then you go to Walmart and you got to re, return something on a Black Friday. <laughs> right? And somebody starts complaining, everybody takes their phone out. Look, Karen, 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 Karen. <laughs> I know, I see the videos. <laughs> Many times we cannot receive what God has for us because we are so impatient. How many of you have teenagers in the home? You know what I'm talking about. Everything's, everything's high alert. High alert. It's got to be now. 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 <laughs> I told my children, I was like, you're just so impatient. Where do you get that from? <laughs> my goodness. Here's what it says in 1 Samuel 13, verses 8 through 11. Here's what it says. Samuel, or Saul, King Saul, he waited seven days by the time, the time set by Samuel. But Samuel did not come to, to Gagal, and Saul's men began to scatter. So he said, bring me the burnt offering and the fellowship offerings. And Saul offered up the offering. Just as he finished making the offering, Samuel arrived. And Saul went, up to, went out to greet him. What have you done? Asked Samuel. And if you read this, I love the story. I love the Old Testament. It was one of my, I love the Old Testament because this is one of the stories where Samuel was in charge of doing the offerings unto God, the burnt offerings and the fellowship offerings. That was his job. And so before they went into war, before they did anything, they, they, this is something that was constantly done and made sure. But only, only Samuel was, was able to do that. So Samuel was gone seven days and he told him to wait for him. But, but so Saul did not wait. Saul became very impatient. So he's, he told his people, grab me the stuff, I'll do it myself. How many, how many know those famous words? I'll do it myself. I'll do it myself. Now you're paying for it now. <laughs> now you have a bill. Comes every single month. Because <laughs> you did it yourself. 
Amen. <laughs> Look, I'm very honest with my wife. When we fix things at home, I'm like, nope, uh-uh, that ain't me. Call somebody. I ain't doing it. I watched too many, too many Tim Taylor shows, two to two, two, Tim to two man Taylor. I watched too many of those. I'm not doing it. That's an old show. And so Saul, Saul did not wait for him. And then Samuel showed up and Saul messed up. Saul messed up because he was very impatient. He couldn't wait for Samuel. So he did things on his own. And, and in verse, verse 14, Samuel said to him this, but now your kingdom will not endure. What am I saying this is because you're impatient it equals destruction. Because you can't wait on God because you're waiting for him to move in a certain way. You want God to move on your timeline when your timeline was created by him. God does not move in time. God is time. He does not move in your timeline. He never has and he never will. So don't, don't, don't get this confused and thinking God's moving because of what you said. No, 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 no. God moves in his timeline and he always will. That's how he does it. And if he's mercy, he's grace and his mercy allows to do something in your life because you've asked him it best because his timeline, not ours. And so he lost his kingdom because of that. We put time frames on God and we give him a to-do list. God will not always give you a blueprint of your life. How many believe that? Stop asking for it then. God, what's going to happen in the next five years? Don't worry about it. What are you going to have for dinner tonight? That's what you should be more focused on. Focus on your family. <laughs> Come on. What's going to happen in the next few minutes when you leave out of here? That's what God wants to be focused. Can you trust God enough to know that he's got your life planned out already? That he's already ahead. He's already there. And that we don't have to worry about when we get there because he's already there setting it all up. And if we don't get to the place that we want to be, just know this. If you don't wake up tomorrow, you wake up in the kingdom of heaven in his arms. Amen. And so I want, to, I want you to be encouraged by that. It may not look like how you want it to look, but it may not feel like nothing is happening. But God is moving. You're praying for your child to be saved and you're sitting, you're crying because they're making even, even bad decisions every day. But yet God is saying, ah, oh, but I'm moving. I have a brother who's not saved. He's living a life and he's living a life that doesn't please the Lord. But yet my prayers and my parents' prayers are going up to the throne of God. And we believing that he will be saved. But it's not going to be in my timeline. I can't do anything. I have to love him and, and, and show him the love of Christ every single day. Just like when you have your child or a loved one and you're praying for it, God is saying, show them, show them my love. Be patient in, my, in what I'm doing here. Watch what I would do. But if you're faithful, if you're faithful in the little, I will bless you in the big things. Come on, church. And God began to show me that every single day to wait on him, to learn on him. And I began to break out of this. I began to break out of this, this darkness. God began little by little to break me out of this darkness. Day, it was a day by day, brick by brick. It wasn't this, this, this huge overhaul overnight. It was day by day, brick by brick. And I see her three years later telling you that I'm still taking down bricks every day of my life. But I am not the same person I was three years ago. Come on. You can't be the same. I am not the same. And so I tell you, see, here's, here's what I learned in the waiting. How many of you are in the waiting? You're waiting on God for something. It means to wait with expectation and hope. It means believing that God hears your prayers and you, you, he will reward you for diligently seeking him. It means being in the status of looking and expecting God to do something about your situation. Waiting doesn't mean just to be left all alone until he comes back to you. Waiting means you get the opportunity to worship him. You get the opportunity to praise him. You get the opportunity to be a blessing to somebody who's also in the waiting. 
You know, when I'm in a, when I, when I, when I go to, when I go shopping with my wife, do you ever get, men, for those who understand what I'm talking about, because you're, we're, we carry the purses, amen? We go to that one section. I, I, I went to this one place years ago. We went Black Friday shopping in Boston, and I went to a, a place, and I walked in. I, my wife's purse, no, dead serious. I walked in, it's 20 men with purses. And I said, it was a room, and I, and I, and it was a TV, and it was coffee, and it was football. I was like, yeah. This is awesome. <laughs> this is awesome. And the waiting. So what do you do in the waiting? What do you do in the waiting? So like I said, God wants you to be a blessing to somebody even in the waiting. Even if you didn't get what you wanted, but they got what they wanted, God says be a blessing to somebody else. Here's what he told me. I said, God, what do I do? He says, I want you to call people. I want you to text people and let them know that I love them. That's it. I said, like, who do I call? Who do I text? He goes, go to your phone. You got a bunch of names you haven't talked to in a long time. So I went to my phone. I began to look up a lot of guys, their friends that I haven't that I haven't talked to in a long time. And and I don't know. I just I would just say, God bless you. I don't know what you're going through, but God wants you to know He hasn't forgotten about you. Don't fear. God's with you. And I would send texts and texts and texts. Later on that day, the texts were coming back. Thank you. You have no idea what I was going through. Thank you. God bless you. I needed this. Here's what. Here, here's why. Because my healing was in my obedience. Let that sink in for a second. Jesus, my healing was in my obedience. It wasn't all the classes. It wasn't all the titles. It wasn't everything had to be perfect. That's not what it was. And it still is. Your healing is found in your obedience. How am I doing three years later? I'm going to tell you right now, I am still in a process with God. I am not, it's, it's a different process now. I am not where I was three years ago, but where I am today, now I can look back and see the hand of God and the footsteps of God every situation in my life where he's brought me through where I am today. And how he was with me every single step. And that his promises are yes and amen. And so I stand here today to let you know that what he has brought me through, and I'm still walking in this with God, I want you to know it's going to be okay. You're going to be okay. It's okay not to know everything. It's okay to not, to not feel that you're okay. That is fine. That is the recipe that allows God to move in your life. When we start thinking we're fine and everything is fine and we don't need anything else, God can't move. He wants, he needs everything to make sure you understand you need him. That's a recipe for him to move. So I can stand here today and, and tell you that I, I'm very passionate about mental health and how real that is, especially in the church, and let you know that it's going to be okay. And if you need to speak to somebody, speak to somebody who's professional, who can, who can help you along, this, along these lines. And be very careful who you go. You can't go to everybody, but just go to who God leads you to, to be a blessing in your life during this time. Because there are people who are suffering quietly and not saying anything. I get it. I understand it. You come to church, you smile, you go home, you cry. I get all that. But what God is saying is, get, let me lead you to someone who's going to bless you and walk with you during this process. Because you know what? Because I'm standing here being able to do that with you. And so I want to end with this verse. One of my favorite verses. And I, and I began, God, I, I, want, I told my wife I wanted to tattoo this on my, on my arm. And I'm going to. And it's Jeremiah 29, 11. 
And here's what he says. He goes, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope in the future. I love the word hope. Because I remember I, I, that when, it, when it all started, I, I cried before my wife and I said, I feel like I have no hope. And God says, you have hope. I've given you hope. I am with you. Amen. Let's pray. I want to pray for those who don't know Jesus Christ today. Very quickly, church, would you pray with me? There are people here who still don't know Jesus Christ who are suffering through this. And I want to pray this prayer, and I want everyone to repeat after me so they don't feel alone. Then we're going to pray for those who are dealing with this also. So pray with me, church. Say, Father, I thank you for sending Jesus Christ to die on that cross for me. I accept him as my Lord and Savior. And I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. In Jesus' name, amen. If you said that prayer and, you've, and you are now part of the family of Jesus Christ, come on. You are now in the kingdom of Jesus Christ. And so I want to pray for those that are, that are dealing with the very same thing that I'm talking about. You know who you are. And I want you to know you are truly not alone. You're not. Don't let the enemy convince you that you are because you're not. So I want to pray with you. Father, I thank you, Lord, for your word. I pray for every individual right now who's dealing with this, Lord, quietly, Lord, who's, who's, a, who's afraid to share this. Right now, God, let them know you love them. Let them know you never left them or forsaken them. Remind them every time they go through their day that you're with them. Let them know you've not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and of a sound mind. Let them know, God, you have a plan for them greater than what they think. And that no enemy can come against them, that every, every, every chain will be broken, Lord. And we, can, we wait on you, God, in the name of Jesus. And we all say, amen, amen. God bless you.